Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, September 1st, 2022. I am Graham Gia Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week so far. And it's crazy to think the summer's already over with today marking the 1st of September. But we're kicking off the fall season with a bang with this weekend's Clash of the Castle, Worlds Collide, and All Out events from WWE and AEW, all of which I'm very excited for. And here today on WrestleRant Radio, we're kicking off the month of September with a bang as well, with a massive episode not only including previews and predictions for all three of those aforementioned events from myself and Mr. Marceau, but also my exclusive interview with Raw superstar Rey Mysterio promoting his A&E doc that went live on A&E, that episode of Biography, uh, last Sunday, also promoting Clash of the Castle, where he and Edge will be facing the Judgment Day's Finn Balor and Damian Priest this Saturday in Cardiff. Looking forward to that. I actually had a chance to speak to Drew McIntyre, Riddle, Kofi, and Theory at a WWE Springfield house show last weekend, which was great. Drew specifically, the other interviews probably will not be here on the show, um, just because they're on the shorter side. They're like 10 minutes or less or whatever. Um, A lot of the interviews I put here on the show aren't, you know, overly long. They are around 15 to 20 minutes. The Drew one, I got a ton of time with him. He was around 20 minutes. He was very generous with his time. Very generous with his time. Uh, That interview's probably dropping here on the channel, or on the show, rather, next Thursday. We do speak a lot of Clash of the Castle. You can watch it before then, as with as is usually the case with most of my interviews, over on youtube.com backslash WrestleRant. It's going live in video form on Friday and in article form that same day, first thing Friday morning on bleachreport.com before the pay-per-view on Saturday afternoon. And all the other interviews and all those other quotes will be at some point available on the channel and its own article over on Bleach Report focusing on the house show live event experience from WWE, which was a great time to be there in front of the audience or be there near the front row on Saturday and also be backstage to do said interviews. So big thanks to WWE for that awesome access. But you can check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. We're on Podbean, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single Thursday. As they mentioned, next week we got Drew McIntyre, but right here, right now, we got Rey Mysterio talking all about his A&E doc, Dominic Mysterio, his son, a potential NXT run, his favorite match, and coming back to WWE in 2018, and so much more. All right, what's going on, guys? Graham Gius and Matthews here with FansideDailyDDT.com. And coming up this Sunday on A&E, the latest episode, Biography, WWE Legends. We've seen a slew of them in the last two months from The Undertaker, Goldberg, DX, Edge this past week. This upcoming episode, tackling Rey Mysterio, Sunday, August 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Ray, what's going on, man? Thanks for taking the time. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you for having me here, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to this A&E biography. 
Wow. It's pretty cool. I mean, like I talked about with the other people, I mean, this is quite company to be among with, with Taker and Edge and, and Angle, all people you've obviously shared the ring with in the last 20 years. Congrats on 20 years, by the way. But talk about this documentary. I mean, having a documentary in, in general, I mean, we've seen a ton of them with you for WWE in the last 20 years. But having it air on A&E is a pretty big deal. It is. It is, man. And I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to tell my story, you know, on a different level. Um, you know, um, WWE fans that know about Rey Mysterio from WWE, mm-hmm. you know, go back to 20 years. But uh, my story starts in 1989, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I, I grind it out from that time up until now. And when you put all the numbers together, you know, I've been part of five decades of wrestling, which is very special. Mm-hmm. Very, very special when you look at it that way. You know, uh, Andy has come out with some incredible uh, documentaries. I just finished watching the Edge one, and I thought it was unbelievable, man. Uh, just incredible content. It's pretty funny, too, because when you celebrated 20 years in WWE just recently, I saw a lot of memes online of people saying when Rey Mysterio first started wrestling, gas was 50 cents a gallon or whatever it might have been. It's crazy how much has changed in the last 50 years, and you're still killing it to this day. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. It's... it's uh. You know, the, the passion I have for this sport, uh, um, I've been very blessed, you know, to to have been going as long as I have, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and not only that, the fact that, that now I'm sharing a different time in my career, you know, next to my son, you know, this is all very special to me. I never thought that, that I would be um, sitting here one day talking about a, a documentary on my life and at the same time, wrestling next to my son you know it's very special i guess the answer my next question right there but like what's your secret for continuing to go still strong all these years later is having someone like your son in your corner kind of rejuvenating for you and kind of keeping you going all these years later that definitely is a huge factor on my motivation to to keep doing what i'm doing Mm -hmm. um the other factor i believe is is uh my fan base my fan base has been incredible supportive and loving you know from day one and uh you know without them i would not be where i'm at today uh and i think the third uh factor to to me performing at the level that i have been is you know uh uh, the new um uh the stem cell treatments Mm -hmm. you know uh, it's it's been it's been rejuvenating me from day one that i've tried them you know, 2019, I did a, a big stem cell treatment in Colombia, um, injected over 330 million stem cells into my body. Wow. Uh, you know, it's it's new medicine. It's uh, therapeutic. It's uh, it's rejuvenating. Um, you know, and I just did one uh, not too long ago in April of this year. And, uh, you know, that that I truly believe is is uh, helped me waking up every morning pain-free, still motivated and and focused on what I love to do. That's awesome, man. Congrats. And you only mentioned that, you you mentioned that it was only just recently started doing the stem cell treatment dating back to 2019 being the first one. Could you have imagined even five years ago, even hearing about that, being able to do it? And like, let's say, go back eight years ago when you first left WWE. You talked always about how you wanted to come back, retire here. That's obviously the plan. Did you still think you would be wrestling in 2022 had this not been the case with the whole stem cell stuff in the last couple of years? No, no, I, I truly don't think I would have. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I remember when stem cells first started to surface in the U.S. Uh, roughly 
2012, 13 maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very rare that you could find someone that was uh, practicing stem cells. Um, they, they still were, um, you know, uh, not legal uh, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And you had to do your own research and, and figure out where and, and how beneficial they were. <clears throat> of course, uh, 2014, I started uh, to um, try out stem cells uh, for the first time. And I believe it was in L.A. Uh, I believe a doctor that was taking care of the Lakers at the time. Um, I did a treatment on one of my knees and it, it helped. You know, it helped. Of course, you know, five years later, um, the treatment is more advanced. And I find this clinic in Colombia that uh now it's it's just they've taken it to another level you know and uh i think thanks to to the treatments that i've done and uh to my awareness of how to take care of my body and not just with the stem cells but uh my diet you know um cryotherapy Mm -hmm. uh sauna you know uh all these factors that that play a, a big role on uh my performance up to this day that's awesome. And like I said, it's it's apparent that it's working, too, because we see every week on Raw doing still this crazy stuff with your son and Edge, too. So it's cool that we have, like, the best of the past, present, and future of your career and starting out with Edge, teaming with him 20 years ago within mere months of you arriving the company. And now you're still finding yourself on the same side of the ring a little bit, even 20 years later on Raw. It's a cool comparison, and having your son there as well. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, you know, and the fact that, uh, um, you know, my son was able to have his first match in front of a live audience mm-hmm. next to his old man and next to Edge. You know, Edge has, has been uh, an important role, you know, in my career with WWE, you know, becoming tag team champions and just uh, traveling together and, and creating this bond, this uh, friendship that uh, has meant the world to me. You know, uh, now, you know, uh, being able to share that with my son, you know, now as, a, as an adult, you know, as a young man, 25 years old, uh, picking knowledge out of uh, out of edge, you know, and learning how to improve his, his in wrestling skills has been tremendous, man. I've really enjoyed it very much. Yeah, and Dominic has obviously learned a lot just aligning with him, you know, yourself, his father, of course, and having Edge in his corner. Not bad company to be among, which is pretty cool for him this early in his career. And you guys have been teaming pretty consistently in the last two years now. It started during the pandemic. He had his first match, I think, almost maybe exactly two years ago, either today or tomorrow, for when we're talking right now, August 22nd. I think it was at SummerSlam 2020 with uh, with Rollins, yes. that fantastic match. So it's pretty cool to celebrate that anniversary as well. Uh, since then, like I said, you guys have gone strong. SmackDown Tag Team Champions, you've been on SmackDown, you've been on Raw. You mentioned recently, I know you want to have a match on them at some point. It might be an attractive match to have at some point. That hopefully will not be until later down the road. In the last two years, has there been any serious talks of you guys going your separate ways, either it be from you or from the company, and you've been like, eh, might not be the time for it right now? I think, I truly believe that that uh, the time is getting close to, to him like going his own direction mm-hmm. and myself in my own direction as well. You know, I think, uh, you know, any uh, uh, positivity that that uh he could have picked up from me has happened in the last two years mm-hmm. you know uh i think that connection is is now established they know who dominic is um you know and i think it's time for him eventually to to kind of part his own ways and, and become his own man mm-hmm. you know create his own path 
you know, and I'm hoping that it's not too far away for him to, to eventually do that. You yeah. know, um, I think everything that he was able to learn by my side has already happened. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's time for him to learn on his own and, and figure it out. You know, and anytime he has a question, he knows I'm going to be here for him. So, um, and, and his peers as well. You know, he knows that he can count on his peers to uh, get advice or to get a certain direction on uh, where he needs to go. Yeah, maybe that match will happen at some point. Like I said, maybe it won't. I know you've mentioned him as a potential opponent for down the road. I know you've mentioned Finn Balor. That's the big one. Obviously, you guys have had matches on Raw, but not yet I'm one-on-one on a big stage, such as a WrestleMania or whatnot, which would be great. Uh, going back a few months, I-, I was curious about this, dating back, I think it was back in March. You guys made that one-off appearance in NXT, which was really cool. I think Dominic had a match on that show with one of the members of Legato. And seeing you guys yeah. in that environment was really, really cool. Was there anything else that was going to come of that, whether it be a feud or more time in NXT. Can you elaborate on that a little bit or if it was just meant to be a one-off? So, um, at the time being, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty much, let's see what happens here. Let's see what type of connection we can have. Mm-hmm. You know, they have, a uh, incredible, um, Hispanic or Latin superstars in NXT, you know, with Legado. Um, that one, that one-off happened. And at the time I was, I was hurt from a groin um, that I was trying to repair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it should have been a, a tag match, which obviously didn't happen. And I've always had the uh, curiosity to come back. And I would love to go back and uh, continue, you know, that that um, appetizer or that teaser that we left there, you know, and then turn it into something bigger. You know, um, it just, it, it, it uh, helps show how, um, how important the roster is in NXT because mm-hmm. there is incredible talent there. It gives them uh, also the opportunity to, to show, uh, you know, what they're made of, you know, and the, the hard work they put in ever since they became part of NXT. So uh, I've always thought that, that being able to combine superstars from either Raw or SmackDown with NXT gives the fans a perspective on, okay, who's ready to move up uh, the big roster, you know, and I mm-hmm. think Legado is one of them. Yeah, no, for sure. I think uh, it was actually just last Tuesday that I think two of the members are still in NXT. Cruz del Toro, the former Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wild. Santos actually just lost a match last week that forces him to be banned from NXT moving forward after he lost to Tony D'Angelo. So we could be seeing him on Raw or SmackDown going forward. For a lot of people, that's been a match that's been extremely exciting that hopefully we get to see at some point yourself and Santos. Talk a bit about him, what you know of him, and if you guys had any interaction in in Lucha, too, when he was back as... uh, I forgot his name at that point, but you guys were in... What was his name at that point? I forget. Uh, Fantasma. Fantasma. All right, all right. So he was back at Fantasma at that point. He was fantastic. Did you guys have any interaction at that point in Lucha or not really? Yes, we did. We actually had an interaction back in Mexico right before I came back to WWE. And and uh, I think he's an incredible talent. You know, he has a lot to uh, give and to bring to the table. The fact that he's also a second generation uh, wrestler, you know, following in his in his dad's footsteps. And his dad, you know, I had the opportunity to share the ring with his father as well. But I truly feel that uh, Escobar has uh, has the talent to be part of the main roster. You know, whether it's Raw or SmackDown. I truly hope he comes over to Raw, uh, you know, because I would love to set foot in the ring with him. Would love to see that matchup. I know he went by Fantasma in Mexico. Did he have a different name in Lucha Underground? I forget. 
Um, yes, he was called. Oh God, I don't remember. I'm sure if yes. I heard, I would remember. Yeah, yeah, but he did have a different name in uh, in Lucha Underground. Yeah, yeah. And did you guys have any interaction there, or was it just in Mexico? No, we had a little bit of interaction in, in uh, Lucha Underground as well. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, hopefully at some point that's a match that we get to see on Monday Night Raw. But as we wind down here, just talking about like your anniversary, like I said, we celebrated 20 years of Rey Mysterio in WWE just recently, which was very exciting. I think a lot of people forget it was actually on your nine-year anniversary back in 2011. You won the WWE Championship on that show, exactly nine years removed from your WWE debut, beating John C- or beating The Miz before losing it to John Cena. Uh, I-, I was always curious about that. Was that always a match that we were going to get at SummerSlam as far as you holding the championship for like an hour on that show and it was a cool moment I would have liked to have seen the more extended interaction between you and Cena but it felt a bit, a bit rushed with the whole punk thing happening at that point yeah um, I believe something something had happened that night that they had to make changes on the fly mm-hmm. and uh, the changes were me taking it from from Miz and then passing it on over to, to Cena you know but the fact that I became champion there uh, and held it only for that special moment you know and then pass it on to Cena just uh, it solidified me being world champion once again, you mm-hmm. know, even for that short amount of time. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I would have had the opportunity to to uh, been in the ring longer with with John. Uh, incredible talent. Now, I remember that night he really took it up a notch, doing the leg drop off the top turnbuckle. You know, just always upbeat, man, and always willing to to uh, put in. You know, to have a great match. You know, a lot of respect to John for that. Yeah, and it was a fantastic match. I think a lot of people forget about that as one of, in my opinion, one of your best matches in WWE, one of the better Raw matches in the last 10, 15 years. And we've seen quite a few of them with you involved in the last few years since you returned to WWE back in 2018. Last question for you, Ray, kind of going off of that. You mentioned before some of your favorite matches being with Eddie in the last 20 years, among many other people. Since you've been back for this most recent run in WWE, do you have one favorite match? I guess the match with Dominic winning the tag team titles would be up there, although it wasn't in front of fans and four Unfortunately, but any other top matches that come to mind for you as being among your favorites since coming back to WWE in 2018? Well, I, I had an incredible run with, uh, um, oh my God, with, uh, I went blank because I was, I was trying to remember the name <laughs> for Asma from Lucha Underground, um, with, um, Flair's husband, with Charlotte's husband. No, with Andrade. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Andrade, yes. yes uh, Andrade. Um, you know, coming into to WWE, at that time, there's several guys that I hadn't wrestled before. Mm-hmm. Um, Shinsuke was one of them, yep. and I had my debut match with with Shinsuke. And then, of course, uh, the two out of threes that I had with Andrade were man. It was some of the special ones that I that I had coming back. Um, wrestling with Andrade made it feel like wrestling Eddie. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how special it was working with him. So I enjoyed that very very much. Yeah, some of those matches on SmackDown back in, uh, I think it was 2019. Those were fantastic. I remember those very vividly. And hopefully many more matches to come as well. But before then, like I mentioned, Biography, WWE Legends, the Rey Mysterio special coming up on A&E this Sunday, August 28th, 8 p.m. Eastern. Ray, thanks so much for the time, man. Always a great, you know, great time chatting with you. I appreciated you. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, man. I hope you enjoy this A&E Biography, man. Big thanks to Ray for the time. And as I always say, you can check out these interviews before they hit here on WrestleRant Radio over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash WrestleRant. We just had a great stretch of interviews for these awesome A&E docs with 
you know, Edge, Rey Mysterio, we had Kurt Angle on at one point, among many others, Lex Luger, here on the show and on the channel. So if you haven't already checked out all those other interviews, please check them out here on the show, Shawn Michaels as well, a few weeks ago, and over on my YouTube channel, as I mentioned earlier, youtube.com backslash WrestleRan. That's where the Drew McIntyre interview is dropping tomorrow on Friday before it drops here on the show next Thursday in audio form. The Rey Mysterio interview also available in article form over on DailyDDT.com, and the Drew interview will be its own standalone thing previewing Clash tomorrow on Bleach Report, that being Friday, over on BleachReport.com. And now, without further ado, let's get into the predictions for said pay-per-view Clash of the Castle. Worlds collide all out a ton of wrestling this weekend. Mr. Marceau, brother, welcome back, and are you ready? I'm so ready. I can't wait. I know you're not going to be watching some of the shows live. you got a wedding weekend. What, what what worse timing for a wedding than this weekend? I know, seriously. It's a tough weekend, especially uh, what's going on. But hey, hey just, what can you do? Exactly. You're a good friend. You're going anyway, but you're going to avoid spoilers. I would hope to the best of your ability. Off the bat, before we get into predictions for each show, we'll kind of touch upon... Dynamite, which we're recording before this week, so we'll kind of make some educated predictions for what might be added to the card in the next couple of days, which AEW is notorious of doing the last couple of pay-per-views. But, uh, you know, between that, we have Worlds Collide on Sunday afternoon, Clash of the Castle Saturday afternoon. Before we get into any of it, what are your thoughts, not just thoughts, but what are you most excited for off the bat? Oh, I'm real excited for Clash of the Castle. I mean... I think all three shows will be fun and have its good moments, but I'm really excited for that Clash show. I think it's been, I would say this is like the first real Triple H pay-per-view. I mean, I, I don't count SummerSlam just because they had so much stuff going on. It was already in the books. I feel like this is like the first one with like the Triple H flair, and I, I'm really excited for the show. I think all three shows are going to be great. I think uh, there's definitely a difference. I answer this on hashtag as far as what I think is going to be better, so check that out when you get a chance for my answer on that. But, yeah, there's a difference between what I'm most excited for what I think is going to be better. But it's really a toss-up, especially after the matches that they added to Worlds Collide on Sunday. I mean, any one of these shows can be the show of the weekend, so I'm super pumped as it is right now. Um, But we'll start with Clash, and like I said, any thoughts that come up from Raw, that come up from... Dynamite or NXT or whatever we can include here. We're just doing predictions for this week, uh, coming up this weekend with everything going on. But we'll start with Clash, since that's the first pay-per-view to be airing on Saturday afternoon. Starting with the newest added match to the card, Edge and Rey Mysterio, which Edge said on Raw, uh, on Raw Talk on Monday night, the first time they're teaming up since, get this, Survivor Series 2002. Now, I would assume he's talking about standard tag team match because they did have that match with Dominic on the first SmackDown back in front of fans last year against the Bloodline. Beyond that, I think he might be correct. I don't remember them ever teaming, uh, at least since then, because Edge has largely been a heel since then. But yeah, Edge and Rey Mysterio reuniting on Saturday to take on the Judgment Day's Finn Balor and Damian Priest. A little disappointed that uh, Beth Phoenix will not be involved. She showed up at the end of Raw last week, had that altercation with Rhea. Not really sure why they would do that if you know, they weren't building to a match, and maybe they still will, but we're not getting it on Saturday. I'm kind of ready for this feud to be over, for the Mysterios to move beyond Judgment Day, and maybe Edge and Beth will team up against Judgment Day. I don't know. I'm just kind of ready for some new storylines, but it's going to be Finn and Damian instead against, uh, you know, Ray and Edge, Dominic in their corner. What are we feeling about this match, and who do you expect to go over? Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I'm honestly, honestly really over the Judgment Day Mysterios. I won't lump Edge in there because I feel like it hasn't been that long, but I feel like the Judgment Day and the Mysterious have feuded for so long, it's like, can we just move on at this point? I mean, if I was booking it, I would have the, the Judgment Day go over. I just, I don't know, I just, 
even with like Rhea being now like the new face and what they've done, I still like not bought in on the group as like a whole. I, I think they do need more heat and need to win more and just to be more of a better unit or just be perceived better. So, I mean, I would have them win here. I mean, people like, keep saying like, "Oh, I'll have Dominic turn on the Mysterios," but like, I don't want him in Judgment Day. I just he just doesn't fit. It's like putting a square peg in a circle hole. I just. I mean, he could turn on Ray, and that's fine, but putting him in, in Judgment Day does nothing for me. But if I was booking, I, I would have Judgment Day win because they could, they could use a win. Yeah, especially coming off their loss at SummerSlam, too. And they've won a few matches on TV since then, though Damian Priest lost the edge in the main event of Raw, and they lost at SummerSlam. They've lost the majority, if not all, of their matches to the Mysterios. So they kind of need this victory. Um, I would give them the win. The Dominic factor is really what's most interesting. It's looking like he's going to turn, and you mentioned that it's not a good fit. I agree. I want the best of both worlds where he's not... I feel like Dominic as a heel is just... I mean, not that he's great in his current role, but him as a heel just doesn't really fit for me. Um, so I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, but I don't know really what more you do with him. Do you have him accidentally cost the baby faces the match? So you're expecting a Judgment Day win. I do think Dominic factors into the finish. I don't know about costing his dad and edge the match. But I, I don't know. I, I'm just hoping he doesn't, you know, turn on his team, and that's what happens. Because I mean, and, and a Rey Mysterio and Dominic match could be fun, but I just feel like him is what the lackey for the uh, for the Judgment Day, a group that's already lacking as it is. I just don't feel like it's the best idea, as you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, like you said, maybe they could like, kind of start playing the seeds a little more. Maybe like accidentally cost them. It's not like an actual full turn, and then we kind of get it down the road. I mean. Me and you have discussed this many times. I love Rey Mysterio. I won't lump Dominic in there. He's just Rey's spawn at this point to me. He needs to go down to NXT and actually learn how to work. Just because you're someone's famous wrestler's son doesn't mean a lot to me, unless you're actually going in the ring, and he needs a lot more work. And I, I say this every time. I feel like he just needs to go down to NXT and, and rep more. I just Him on Raw on his own, especially if they do like a turn, and him versus Rey, yeah, that'll be cool, but on his own, he'd be done. Yeah, like what's the end game there? Ray versus Dominic. Does Dominic win, and then and, and then what? Do you, like, where do you go with Dominic from there? He can't really. I do want to see the two split up and do their own thing, but I don't really think Dominic on his own on the main roster. I mean, the guy is already not doing great. I feel like he would flounder even more, and I know that's not. You know, we're not in the minority in in, in thinking that. I think that's the majority of the uh, opinions out there. The general consensus is that he needs more reps in NXT. I do think he's done well enough in the last two years on the main roster for a kid with very little experience. I will give him that. I thought the match with Seth at SummerSlam two years ago was great. The problem is that he hasn't exactly progressed a whole lot since then. And he might get the Aaliyah syndrome at some point. So I hope that doesn't become the case. I do think he has potential. But we got to put him in NXT before it's too late. So uh, I agree with that. Bottom line, though, regardless of whether we get a turn or not from Dominic, I do think Judgment Day win here. Uh, Matt Riddle, getting his first name back. Matt Riddle, does that pass the name test for you? It passes the name test. Yeah, so he got his first name back. Theory's the next one, not made official yet. I know PW Insider reported earlier this week that um, he is Austin Theory again. I have yet to see that officially made, you know, reflected on the shows or whatever. But, you know, cool to see that they're uh, making the uh, reverse name changes uh, with uh, him and Riddle and everyone else, which is good. So Matt Riddle facing Seth freaking Rollins. He stalls the freaking in there. Hopefully that's soon done away with. But um, this was a match I was already looking forward to. And I do think a couple things. One thing is that, in retrospect, they made the smartest call in leaving this match off of SummerSlam. Because if they weren't going to get enough time, then they were fine to do, away with, uh, to do away with that match. Second thing is that if they did it then, it would have been a good match, but it didn't have a whole lot of heat. 
because like it had only been building for a few weeks. So it would have been a fine mid-card match, and that would have been it. In the last month, they have done a great job of establishing real bad blood between these two, referencing real-life issues involving their respective significant others, specifically Riddle's now ex-wife and Becky Lynch, which they haven't exactly acknowledged directly on the show, but kind of hinting at it in Raw's segment, that exchange. Uh, reminding people of the UFC exchanges, as you alluded to on Twitter, Mr. Marceau, which I very wholeheartedly agree with you on that. And now I'm actually, I mean, the match itself was always going to be great, but I feel like the build, the last minute build they provided for this match on Monday, more than anything else they did on Monday's Raw, I thought was extremely effective in selling people on the match if they weren't already looking forward to it. And it's a match I don't know who's going to go over here either, so... I'm a big fan of this match. I think it's going to be great. I'm not going to get my prediction yet. I'll leave it to you to give it first. And maybe I'll piggyback off of you. I already have an idea, but I'm anxious to see what uh, you think first. No, I, th- I think this going into the show, besides the main event, I think this is probably the match I'm looking forward to the most. I mean, they've like you said, I'm glad they left it off SummerSlam because I think they've done great work on Raw and it's made Raw. Even though this week's Raw, like people said, it was probably the we- one of the weaker ones. I mean, their segment alone was the best part of the show, hands down. And I feel like they've, They've hit it out of the park every week. So I'm interested in this match. I think it's going to be a great match in general. It's tough to say who I think is going to win. I think Rollins needs it a little bit more. I mean, I think maybe to keep it going, maybe cheats to win, and, and, and then uh, Riddle can then get it back, or maybe you can just have Riddle win, and I just don't think we'd move on from there. I think this is going to be more than a one-match program, and the way that it's been built up, it probably should be. So... I'll, I'll go with Rollins here. I think Rollins needs to win a little bit more. He's lost a lot lately. Like, yeah, he won on Raw against, I believe, both the Free Profits, but, I mean, lost to Cody multiple times. Hasn't really had a lot of momentum besides that, and, like I said, beating underneath single guys. So I, I think he could win, use the win here and then, like I said, continue the program and have like a stipulation match coming up soon, and that's where, Rollins, where Riddle can get his win. Well, you know what the next pay-per-view after this is, right? Yeah, it's uh, Rage in the Cage. Her yeah. Extreme- Exactly. So you can do the re- <laughs> exactly. So you can do the rematch there, and you can have Riddle win that one. I didn't honestly really. My idea was was exactly what you said. Have Riddle win, or rather Rollins win. They get the two names mixed up. Matt win, uh, but rather Seth. So have Seth Rollins win, and then prolong the feud. Have Riddle win. I was thinking a rematch on Raw, but I completely forgot until I just mentioned that that Extreme Rules was the next pay per view. So. That would play the that would be the place to do it. Actually, make it an extreme rules pay per view with actual extreme matches with matches that could actually use a stipulation. This would be one of them, and I would have Riddle win there. So I agree. I would give Rollins the win here. He has been in the ring. I would say there's two things I would say: in ring MVP and character MVP. In ring MVP in 2022, Seth Rollins by far easily, and Cody Rhodes is also up there before he got hurt. Character MVP is Sami Zayn, who we'll get to in a little while. But Rollins is in ring work in 2022 from the matches with Cody, from the match with Roman Reigns at the Rumble, uh, this feud with Riddle, the matches on Raw with the Street Profits. He's had matches on Raw with AJ Styles, among many others, Kevin Owens, and has had great matches every single fucking time. I'm sure this will be no exception. And Riddle hasn't won a lot on his own since RK Bro when there's, you know, when Randy Orton got hurt. He hasn't really done a lot on his own. Rollins also, as we mentioned a while ago, has not won a match on pay-per-view since Survivor Series of last year would have been the last match, period. I mean, I guess the Roman match, technically, by DQ. The last singles match he won on pay-per-view would have been... I Honestly, I'm not even really sure. I think he beat Cesaro at Hell in a Cell last year. You're going back to June of 2021. So he's owed a singles win. This should be it. And I agree with you on that. 
Uh, Six-woman tag team action, Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, taking on Damage Controls, Bailey, Dakota Kai, Io Sky, who are not the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. After losing in the finals to Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah on Monday's Raw, you had a difference of opinion here to Mr. Marceau as far as you being a fan of what we saw on Monday's Raw, so I'm curious what you have to say on that, just elaborating on what we've already texted about, and just the match in general and what you're thinking about the the six-woman tag team match. Yeah, I mean, I'm Nostradamus, basically. Before the tournament even started, I called this. You did. Could, I, I'm just a genius, so that's just, that's what just happens sometimes. <laughs> but, I mean, I just felt like looking at the brackets alone, that with the, how they had already announced this match with these these six women, specifically the two women from each team that were in the tag team tournament, I was like, there's no chance that either team is going to win because why would they win and then you go in the six-man tag match? I don't know. To me, it just didn't make much sense. But, I mean, I thought... I mean, like I said to you via text, I think the tag team titles, yes, they probably should have gone on Sky and Kai. I mean, they're the better team as a whole. But like you keep reading and seeing the company's huge on Raquel, and I think she could use something to do. I mean, if she's not going to win either SmackDown or Raw Women's Championship anytime soon, which I don't think she should. I think Liv should get a longer reign. I think Bianca's done good work, and if anyone's going to beat her, it probably should be Bailey. Um so if you're not going to have her go for one of the major belts, have her in a tag team, and she can do that. And if they have any hope of Aaliyah ever becoming good, that being in a tag team will help her. I mean, I know she's green. I know she's not great. But, I mean, if you're going to do it, this is the best way to do it. So I'm not overly against it. I'll trust it for now. If it's a couple months on the road and it's just gone awful, maybe I'll come back on this. But I think it's good for now. Eventually we'll get the Raquel heel turn, which we need. I mean... Her just, like, being nice and stuff, it just does nothing for me. Her, like, as the good big giant, no thanks. Like, I need her to put Aaliyah through the mat once they once they break up. Like, I want her finisher to put Aaliyah through the ring because then she'll be a monster heel. Yeah. But this match alone, I, I think Bailey, Dakota, and Io have to win. I mean, Bailey pinning Bianca would be the best case scenario, but, I mean, them not winning the tournament and then losing here which just wouldn't look great on the team, so... I would have Bailey's team go over here. Like I said, maybe like I said, if you, even if she pins Bliss or Oscar, she can still she can still kind of crow that they won. So I, I, I would say Damage Control needs to win. With Raquel and Aaliyah, back to that for a second. I mentioned to you already <laughs> that Raquel should turn heel on Aaliyah, as you agreed as well, and we've already pitched this quite a few times. And I said that it it could have happened without them winning the championships. Do you think the fact that with what they're doing right now over on SmackDown with Shayna and Ronda? Ronda, I mean, to me, is a heel. I don't know if they see it that way or how she's slotted on the internal roster. Maybe she's a tweener. I don't know. Obviously, Shayna's a heel. They're pushing her. She very, she may very well walk out of the show, the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Do you think what they're doing with those two women specifically right now might kind of dash the hopes of any Raquel heel turn in the foreseeable future? Because if they turn her heel, then automatically she's the number three heel on the roster unless they pull the plug on Shayna's push coming out of this pay-per-view. Um, I mean, I don't think that Raquel turns gonna be i mean if, if, if it would happen now i'm saying no it's not gonna happen now no i mean yeah, yeah. but also like ronda i mean we don't really know like what ron is doing like is she gonna be around all the time is she just here because it's a big show coming up or like we really don't know what's going on with her and with 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 shana i like shana a lot but i mean she also is on the older side i mean once the draft comes like maybe they'll split them apart like they have other heels but like i feel like they're both similar heels that like they're more like devastating monster heel so I, I i mean i wouldn't do the raquel turn right now i i would i would definitely set it up going 
probably towards WrestleMania time. But, I mean, if you did it right now on SmackDown, I, I would probably put her over Shayna. I mean, I like Shayna, but I just feel like they would just put the rocket up Raquel and she'd go, like, monster heel and, like, like I said, probably kill Liv, honestly. But, I mean, I like Ronda as well. I, I, I would say she's a heel at this point, but, I mean, maybe they're not over. I think they turned her, so we'll see what happens on Sunday, though. Do you think there's a chance that maybe they put the belts? And, and I'm again, I'm not a fan of what they did on Monday, but Triple H is the head of creative. Is only it's it's so new that I'm willing to give it a chance to see how it plays out. I know it's a joke at this point. Oh, let it play out. I mean, to say that when Vince was in charge was a joke because they never really let it play it out. And if they did, it was it ended up being for the worst. So that wasn't really an excuse. But now I, I I say the same thing with AEW, and I'm saying the same thing with Punk and Moxley, which we'll talk about later. I am willing to see where it goes. I'm not a fan. I still think it was the wrong call, but I am curious to see what the rationale was there, especially with Triple H being so high on Dakota Kai and Io Sky. You talk about officials being high on Raquel. I mean, he's as high on Kai and Sky as anyone. So I don't think it's a case of them not being high on Bailey's new group or what the case might be. Um, do you think with Raquel and Aaliyah being champions, whether it's immediately or in the next few months, we could see instead of Sasha and Naomi taking the belts from them, we still know when they're coming back or they could be back as soon as Saturday or Monday's Raw or whatever. What instead of them taking the belts from Raquel and Aaliyah, it's actually Shayna and Ronda forming a heel team. Now that's something that people have talked about for a long time. And based on the comments that Ronda's made to Shayna on SmackDown in recent weeks, that could become a realistic possibility rather soon. Yeah, I mean, that's possible as well. I mean, I don't hate the idea. I mean, but then, like, I don't know. Then what do you do with Dakota and Eo from there, I guess? I mean, I feel like they should be winning the belts or be, like, at least in the running if they're going to be a big team. But I I don't hate it. Like, getting Ronda out of, like, the singles title picture wouldn't kill. Like, that would be great. I feel like she's just always in the the world title. I mean, obviously she should be. But I think her and and Shayna as, like, a badass women's team would be would be pretty cool for the tag team division. Yeah, like a two woman power trip, which I know Shayna and or Sasha and Bailey kind of already did a couple of years ago, but in a more dominant fashion. So I'm just kind of trying to add new teams to this division. I mean, I can only see Raquel and Aaliyah versus Shotzi and uh, um, you know Zaya Lee so many times, or fucking Natalia and Sonya Deville. We need some real teams on these divisions, and that's why I'm willing to give it time. I mean, they weren't really given a lot of teams out of the get go. From the get-go, because of the promptness and abruptness of the tournament. But if they call up Toxic, they you know make Shayna and Ronda a soft alliance slash team. They bring back Sasha and Naomi. That's three teams right there, in addition to whatever other interesting teams they can make. So, just an idea. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I agree, though. I do think Bailey's team wins here. I think they should. Um, there's no championships on the line. <clears throat> so there's no real stakes, but I would have Bailey's when Bailey's team win. It's their first match as a trio. It would be stupid for them to lose. Uh, maybe Bailey. I don't know if she pins Bianca, but I would have Bailey pick up the win for her team. So from here we can build the Bailey versus Bianca for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, we spoke a lot about Shayna and Liv. They're facing off for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Another match that could very well go either way. What I like about the show is that a lot of these matches are kind of unpredictable. Um, this being chief among all of them in that Shayna could very well walk out as the champion. And this is a case where, like some of the other matches on the show, I'm fine with either outcome. I do think Shayna's push is aggressive enough to where if she wins, it would be believable and I would be a fan of it. I also think where if she loses, she's not... I mean, honestly, she kind of already is damaged goods to a certain extent. 
Um, not completely, but to the sense that she's been in the main roster for two years now, it's hard for a lot of people to take her seriously. Um, would she go back to doing what she was doing previously, which is to say nothing if she loses here? I, I, I don't know. I think Liv winning via like an underdog, fluky fashion would be fine, although we just saw that at SummerSlam. Something tells me that we're bound to see more from her and Sheena, or at least her and Ronda Rousey, and maybe Ronda gets the belt back from Liv by winning at, at Extreme Rules. Either way, as happy as I would be to see Shayna as champion coming out of the show, my prediction is that Liv walks out as champion in one, you know, some form or fashion on Saturday. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, like you said, I, I don't think it should be a fluky thing, but I mean, I think that what they should do is like have Shayna dom- basically dominate, maybe get like a little overconfident. She's going more to like basically like hurt Liv, mm-hmm. like Liv underneath like the baby face that's fighting back. Like Shayna's like break, built to basically break her arm, like. And then Liv just fights through it and wins. I mean, I think that'd be the best way to do it. And like I said, I wouldn't want to like schoolboy her, like, and have like a screwy finish like they did with, with, uh, with SummerSlam. But like I said, maybe have Shayna like just keeps going for the arm and keeps kind of being like that dastardly heel that's just like just trying to hurt Liv. And Liv just like she slips up and Liv beats her. There you go. But, like, have Shayna, like, dominate the most of the match. Yeah, exactly. Not to make Shayna look weak. Do you think Ronda interferes or makes sure her presence felt at all or no? Um, I could see it. I mean, she's been on the show the last couple of weeks, so I feel like it would be kind of weird if she didn't. Yeah, I, yeah. well, I mean, we'll find out on Friday what the future holds for her. I know they announced on SmackDown last week that on SmackDown this week, they'll announce what her fate is coming out of the arrest and, and storyline and whatever, so... Yeah, I'm sticking with Liv here, although I would be very happy to see Shayna um, become champion. From there, we go to the Intercontinental Championship match. Gunther and Sheamus for the Intercontinental title. I'm fucking pumped for this one as anyone. I mean, it came together on a whim, but this is a match that really doesn't need a lot of build because it sells itself. I really like the face-off between the two on SmackDown last week. Two hard-hitting brawlers. This is going to be a hell of a matchup, and I think Gunther walks out as champion. Sheamus finally getting his moment. Again, would be cool, a lot like with Shayna, because he's never been Intercontinental Champion before. But it's still too early to me to have Gunther losing. He only arrived in the main roster in April. It's been four or five months by Clash. I get it, but I would have him be champion for much longer than three months. I mean, unless they take the belt off of him and immediately propel him in the main event scene... And they have him, you know, take the belt from Drew or something, or feud with Drew or whatever. I mean, that would be fine by me. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't have Gunther lose quite yet. So I'm hoping he retains the championship here. But either way, I'm pumped for this matchup. Yeah, this is gonna be a great hard hitting match. I mean, I think this is probably three or probably my third looking forward match. I mean, I think the main event and and, and Riddle and Seth are gonna be the probably my two two I'm looking forward to. But this will be a nice hard hitter. Like we know what these guys can do. I think it's gonna be a great match. I would keep the belt on Gunther, like I said, unless they're going to take the belt off him and he's going to go on a program with like Drew or go for the main belt right away. Besides that, I'd keep the belt on him for a little bit longer. But if you're going to just immediately push him up the top, then I, I wouldn't be against Sheamus winning here. Yeah, no, I'd be in full favor of Sheamus winning if it's uh, Gunther ascending the main event scene. I'm just not sure if that's quite going to happen, you know, just yet. But we'll see. But I think the match is going to be great regardless, and I think the crowd is going to go nuts for... Uh, both guys, I'm super pumped for this one. Speaking of matches we're most anticipating, you mentioned it a second ago. Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, the main event. Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. There's been a lot of talk, Mr. Marceau, coming out of Sm- uh, Friday SmackDown of last week, that this could be it. Roman Reigns' championship reign, it's been in jeopardy a few different times. There were a few different times I'm thinking, okay, they might actually take the championship off of him. 
But now more than ever, I'm feeling like the reign might be over. We celebrated two years of Roman Reigns as champion on Tuesday, so we are officially past the two-year mark of him as champion. If it's not here, I don't think it's ending until at least WrestleMania. I don't know why you would do it at any other pay-per-view except there. Unless it's now, and then the circumstances align, the stars have aligned with, you know, Drew being from Europe, and they're going to be in Wales on Saturday, and the build-up, and the video packages, and just how long Roman's been champion. I mean, there's a lot of factors working in, you know, in, in, in Drew's favor here, and I think him winning would be, again, an amazing moment. Of the two who I'm predicting, I'm thinking Drew walks out as champion, and I think that's a great outcome. I still say, all these months later, Cody would be ideal, because Drew doesn't exactly need it, but he's never won a world title in front of fans before, and we're better than his, in his native country, so um, or his native continent. It's, he's not from Wales, obviously. I'm a fool for saying that, but I, I'm thinking Drew wins here, but Roman winning would be the ultimate shocker, and he still has a few different opponents, too. It's not as if he ran through everyone in WWE. You still have Bobby Lashley. You can do Roman and Cross at some point if you want. They have Kevin Owens still waiting in the background, although they've done that before. Seth Rollins never got his rematch, and as I mentioned, Cody Rhodes is still waiting in the wings as well, albeit injured for the time being, but he'll be back around Mania, hopefully. So um, I'm thinking, Drew, Roman would be quite the surprise if he won, and not a bad surprise either, in my opinion. People might disagree with that. But I'm pulling for Drew to win the championship here because I think the circumstances are just right for uh, for that moment to happen on Saturday. Yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting match. I mean, I just, I don't know. I just I just really don't know when it comes to this match. I feel like it's the stars are aligning for Drew to win. But like you said, we still have a lot. Roman does have a lot of people that he hasn't, hasn't feuded with yet. And I feel like... I don't know, I just have a feeling like that they might like set it up like Drew's gonna win and then like Karen might get involved or someone from the blood like the bloodline's gonna get involved. I mean obviously it's just that's just gonna happen, but I don't know, I feel like they're like teasing they're gonna give us the they're, they're, like they're like basically saying it's gonna happen and then I just have a feeling it's not. I I'll I'll go with Drew, but I would not be shocked at all if Roman left with champ the championship still. I would be surprised, but I'm not saying there's 0% chance of it happening. I do think there's a chance. I just think all signs are pointing towards Drew. And like you said, that could be a red herring. A lot of questions coming up of what you said, though. I don't think Karrion gets involved for the simple fact... First of all, I don't think there should be any interference, first of all. I mean, this is such a big match. They've built to it so well. They have a lot of history. The match is going to be great. If the Survivor Series match from two years ago was any indication, and that was a great match with no fans, this should be ten times better. And I know they had matches at Mania 35. We were both there for that. That was a fucking stinker. But their chemistry is so much better with the roles reversed. Drew is the babyface, Roman is the heel. Um, I don't think Karrion would be the one to get involved. I think if only because of his vaccination status. I could be wrong on that, and I don't want to speculate. But he wasn't on SmackDown in Canada. And uh, I don't know if you can travel, that being the case. So he might not even be at that show. I know he's making his in-ring debut on SmackDown on Friday, which they already taped last week. So I don't expect to see Karrion on that show unless they pre-tape something with him cutting a promo or whatever. The other thing with the Usos, they've said time and time again that the Usos have gotten involved in many of Roman's matches, which is true. They got involved in Drew's match, in, not Drew, in Roman's match at SummerSlam. They cost Kevin Owens the championship several times. They even cost Drew his match with Roman Reigns two years ago. So the Usos are still very much a threat. I assume they can still travel despite the DUI stuff. I don't think they can go to Canada, but I think they can go to the UK. I could be wrong on that. I don't know. I know Jeff Hardy couldn't go to the UK years ago when he was in TNA due to his prior arrest, but... I mean, these are DUIs, so I'm not sure how different that is. You can shed some light on that. But I do think if the Usos get involved, there has to be some sort of, like, 
Drew's got to have some backup, whether it be, I don't know if it's the New Day, but preferably someone like Kevin Owens, given the story they've told there. I don't think you can have the Usos help Drew win or have help, you know, Roman win and then just have that be it. I feel like they'd be a very flat ending. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I really don't. I think, like you said, I think there obviously I think the Usos will get involved. It just, I mean, that's just what's going to happen. But, I mean, like you said, maybe, oh no, maybe you have Sammy cost Roman or accidentally cost Roman or, I don't know. I, I feel like the story that's getting told now, like he didn't help him on Raw. We don't know what's going to happen on SmackDown. Like they started letting him in and now he's starting to disappoint. So I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways they can go with it. Um, I don't know. I'm still thinking Drew wins. I would not be upset if Roman won and retained the championship, given the amount of opponents he still has left to face. AJ Styles being another one as well. Not that exactly he's high on the totem pole right now, because he isn't, due to how he's been booked. Um, But that's another option as well. But yeah, we haven't seen Paul Heyman since SummerSlam. Do you think he resurfaces here? Uh, Yeah. And where do you think the Owens and Sammy stuff is ultimately headed, and how soon do you think they do that turn? I don't know. I mean, they already teased it on Monday. I mean, he didn't hit Owens, and they have bad blood there. I mean, I'm still waiting for the shirt with Sammy in it. I'm still waiting for the bullline shirt that has Sammy in it. So I'm hoping they last a little bit longer. Maybe, like, tricks them. They're under his wing, and then eventually the turn comes. He's just like, you guys were so dumb, and you guys slipped my dumb ass in, and now I'm going to screw you over. So... I don't know. I, like I said, I really want to share with Sammy in it, so I hope that the turn's not too too soon. Yeah, I hope it's not too soon, especially because I want them to pull the trigger when the time is right, and it's not like next week on Raw or the next week. I, I still think there's a lot more mileage you can get out of Sami Zayn being in the bloodline and him interacting with them and the sit-downs with Roman, which are just amazing. The best part of WWE TV, in my opinion, every single week, and I'm sure a lot of other people would agree. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't do it anytime soon. I would save that match for maybe not Mania, but... I don't know. You gotta have Owen saving Sammy from the Usos on like a big Raw in front of a hot crowd, like Chicago. I mean, they were just in Canada, unfortunately, but somewhere like that where they're not gonna sit on their hands and they're gonna give that moment the reaction it deserves. So hopefully, we get that in the not too distant future, um, or in, in, in the distant future, but not too distant to where it's like SummerSlam next year. I do think they can strike when the iron is hot. I wouldn't do it quite yet because. There's still much more they can get out of the feud. I would pull the AEW card on this one and wait a little bit longer and do the long, long-term storytelling with Sammy Owens and the Uzos because I feel like to do it anytime soon would be uh, you know, premature. So hopefully they can hold off on it until it means as much as it can and they can pull the trigger on that. But in the meantime, though, I agree. I think Roman is losing the championship here, but there's a chance he could walk out still champ, so we'll see on Saturday. That is Clash of the Castle. Looking forward to that show, as we mentioned. Now we transition, before we get to All Out, to Worlds Collide on Sunday afternoon. Um, another big show from the NXT brand, their first real pay-per-view since In Your House in June. Uh, this one kind of came together on a whim. I mean, I give AEW shit for the Rush pay-per-view builds. I got to say the same thing here. I mean, the fact they announced NXT Europe and they're closing down NXT UK and they're doing the show all came together within the span of less than two weeks. It's completely ridiculous, but... You know, making the most of it on paper from an in-ring standpoint, this looks like a good show, and I can't complain. A lot of title unification matches and uh, much more than that. A lot of, you know, maybe not dream matches, but matches I never thought I would see, including Katana Chance, Caden Carter defending their newly won NXT Women's Tag Team titles against Raw's Dewdrop and Nikki Ash, who actually just fell short in the uh, Women's Tag Team title tournament over on SmackDown, so... Now they're trying their hand at another set of tag team titles, this time on NXT, returning to their roots on the uh, former black and gold brand. And 
going for the gold. I think a ton of chance in Cannon Carter win here, but I mean, it, it would have been cool if Dewdrop and Nikki went back to being Nikki Cross and Piper Niven for this matchup, given their UK roots, but whatever. Um, I do think the match will be good. I don't know if this is a permanent stay for the uh, duo of Dewdrop and Nikki Ash. I wouldn't think so, nor would I have it be. Um, but I do think Chance and Carter take the titles here, or rather retain the championships on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. Um, I, I, I like Dewdrop and Ash. They're like a good little team, nothing crazy. Um, and when we saw on Monday uh, during, I think it was Bailey and them, like we saw in during their interview, like you could see Dewdrop and Nikki Ash like arguing in the back. So maybe this furthers that. Like it seems like there might be a split between them and maybe we'll get Piper Niven instead of Dewdrop. So we can only hope. But I, I, I mean, I don't see I don't see them beating them here. No, I don't think so either. And I still say they should unify the women's tag titles on the main roster and NXT, although that's not going to happen. Um, but no, this should be an interesting matchup. Cool to see them on Tuesday's NXT. And hopefully, like you said, the argument they teased on SmackDown last week leads to uh, Piper Niven making a comeback. And maybe Nikki Cross as well, because Nikki Ash is awful. Um, the uh, Speaking yeah. of tag team titles, we have a fatal four-way tag team elimination match to unify the NXT Tag Team Championship and the NXT UK Tag Team titles. It's going to be the Creed Brothers, who are the current NXT Tag Team Champions, the NXT UK Tag Team Champions, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen, Gallus is Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, and Pretty Deadly's Elton Prince and Kit Wilson, which are just fucking terrible names. Um, but I think this is a, <laughs> it's going to be a good match. I, I didn't, even, I forgot those were their names. I, I don't remember what they were individually. They changed them from NXT UK though. Anyway, I think the match is going to be good. Of the four teams, I would have the Creed brothers just keep rolling here and remain the, the undisputed tag team champions. I feel like that's going to be a common theme throughout the show where a lot of the NXT teams and people win. Um, I would have that be the case here as well. Brooks and Jensen, or Jensen and Briggs, are just abysmal. Um, they should have never been UK tag champs to begin with. Gallus, just, I guess, I mean, they're new. I guess they could win. Pretty Deadly would be interesting, too. They were just already NXT tag team champions and NXT UK tag team champions, so I don't know if I would have them win. To me, it's between Creed's and Gallus. I'm thinking Creed's win, but Gallus taking all the gold and Creed's chasing would not be a bad idea either, so... You know, actually, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say Gallus wins. Based on my other predictions, I'm going to say Gallus wins here. They arrive on the brand, take all the gold, uh, become the dominant duo or the dominant trio, whatever, and Creed's chase them and further tease tension with Roderick Strong, who maybe cost them the championships here by accident, quote-unquote accident. So uh, curious what your thoughts in this matchup are. Kid took my pick. I was going to be like Gallus. <laughs> Kid was going with Creed's, and then he changed on me. But no, I think I mean, I think it's the only two teams that I would even think about would be either Creed's or... Or Gallus. I mean, Gallus coming in, I like them. I, I think you just put the belts on them and kind of, like you said, then you have the Creeds in, in chase mode. So uh, I would put the belts on Gallus. I, I mean, Pretty Deadly's good, but like you said, they just had the belts. Brooks and Jensen and What's-His-Face, they're, they're t- honestly awful. The fact that they won the UK tag titles is bad to begin with. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. They're like, not good at all. So um, I, I'm going to go with Gallus, though. All right, I agree with you on that one. Uh, women's title, or we'll start with the NXT North American Championship. They made this official on Tuesday's NXT. Carmelo Hayes and Ricochet uh, going at it for the NXT North American Championship. Ricochet from SmackDown showing up on NXT, his return first appearance there in several years. Um, I don't know if this is a dream matchup. That term gets thrown around a lot, but this should be an awesome match and one of the better bouts of the weekend. Uh, Ricochet has been on a bit of a winning streak lately over on SmackDown, beating King Corbin, or rather Happy Corbin twice, and Carmelo Hayes is uh, arguably one of the best NXT uh, North American champions we've ever had. So I think this is going to be a great match, although I do think Hayes takes the title here and retains. So uh, I think it's going to be awesome, though. 
Yeah, I mean, Hayes, I would say Hayes retains here. I mean, I like Ricochet, but, I mean, unless they have nothing to do with him on the main roster, I don't know why he, he, he would beat, beat Hayes here. So, I think this would be a good match. Do you think it's going to be a wrestling match or a, a gymnastics meet? How many gymnastic meets has Hayes had, though? That's my question. Yeah, but the thing is, Ricochet is like known for gymnastic meets. So we'll see. I like Hayes a lot. I, th- I think he's more. I would put him more into the pro wrestling category than uh, than the trampoline cowboy. But uh, I think it'll be a fun match, though. I like Ricochet. I like Hayes a lot. I would keep the belt on Hayes. I have Hayes winning. I like Ricochet, but I mean Hayes is just so good that there's like a small part of me that's like maybe they'll just like take the belt off Hayes because I feel like he just has better. He's great as North American champion, but I just think he has bigger and better things like in his horizon. So I'll say he loses to someone that's actually on NXT, though, and uh, he'll beat Ricochet here. Yeah, that's my thing. I want him to move on to the NXT championship, if not in the main roster. I just don't think Ricochet is the one to take the title from him. Um, the way Ricochet made it sound was that he would still be on SmackDown if he won, which I don't see that happening. I mean, with with the chemistry and, or the synergy between the main roster and NXT... I like the crossovers, and I hope we see more of that, like Dexter Loomis last week. I like that a lot. It's not like he wouldn't show up on SmackDown with a North American Championship. That shit would be acknowledged. I just don't think it's necessary. You know, the main roster needs as much star power as possible. Not that Ricochet's a star by any means, based on how he's been booked these you know these past few years. But I do think that he's needed more on SmackDown than he is on NXT. We already have Apollo Crews, too. I feel like Apollo Crews kind of fills the role that Ricochet would have had if he came in like a year ago or six months ago or whatever. Crews is here. I would focus on him before they bring back Ricochet quite yet. I wouldn't be upset if Ricochet won. I just don't think it's necessary. And I would rather see Hayes lose it to someone like you mentioned on on the NXT roster. He's already beat a majority of the roster, so who that would be, I don't know. Um, but hopefully in time we'll find out. But here, though, I say that he retains the championship. Um, I don't think they're doing Nathan Frazier and Axiom at the show. I saw that at one point uh, advertised for the show. I know they mentioned it on NXT. I don't know if it's on... Wikipedia. What'd you say? It's on Wikipedia. It is? Well, I was... Let me see. Let me refresh the page. I, I'm on Wikipedia right now. Oh, it's on Wikipedia. Okay, I just refreshed the page and now it's here. Um, I guess it is happening on Saturday. I, I, it was there this morning, and then when I loaded it up an hour ago, it wasn't, and now it is. Uh, two out of three falls match. I don't know if they were talking about best of three or two out of three falls. I, I, I haven't looked in WWE.com. Assuming the match is happening, Frazier, Axiom, of course, formerly known as A-Kid in NXT UK. They were joking. He's never been on the on the brand before. I thought that was funny. Um, this, honestly, you talk about gymnastic meets. That would be this. Uh, Frazier is awesome. A-Kid is also very talented. But they're known for their aerial stuff. I feel like, if anything, this would be the gymnastic meet of the show. Very random. Not even really sure why it's happening, but won't complain. It should be fun. Um, I do think Frazier wins, though. Um, eh, actually, I don't know. They're pushing Axiom right now, so Axiom would probably win. But, uh, yeah, your thoughts on the match and who's winning? Yeah, I would say Axiom's going to win. I mean, I don't know much about Nathan Frazier. I know the Axiom they've been pushing, so... I'm just going to go with him. Yeah, just based on that. If it's a work rate gymnastic meet, I guess we got to get one on the show. So, <laughs> let's see what happens. How many are we going to get on this show compared to uh, All Out on Sunday night? <laughs> I, mean, I have to look at the card and let you know. I mean, hopefully <laughs> on this show. Mandy Rose and Mako Satamora and Blair Davenport for the NXT Women's Championship and NXT UK Women's titles. I'm going back and forth with this. I, the thing is, I really want Mako to win. The problem is that of the three, she has the worst possible chance of winning. I don't know if she's relocating or not. I would hope she is, and they don't let her go because she's great. I don't see her winning this, although I want her to. It really comes down to Mandy Rose or Blair Davenport. 
based on our predictions, we don't have a lot of NXT UK people going over. Blair Davenport is part of NXT UK, or was, and I guess her winning would kind of help with that. The thing is with Mandy Rose... Yeah, what Shayna said, though, on NXT with her saying, like, oh, if you lose here, the next the last 300 days mean nothing. They're trash. It's like, okay, that kind of means Mandy Rose is winning. It's, I don't know. I don't really want Mandy Rose as the unified champion, but at the same time, they built her up so much. To have her lose in a three-way of all things, I just don't think is a good idea. But then again, I'd rather have Blair Davenport as champion than fucking Nikita Lyons. So what do you think is going to happen here? What do you think is going over? I know you don't want Nikita Lyons as champion either. I literally was going to. I was just going to say. I feel like if anyone's going to beat Rose at this point, it should be Blair Davenport. And like you said, she could even beat. She could even beat Miko, and like technically, Rose never lost. Yeah. We she just goes. She like just moves on to the main roster. I mean, Toxic Attraction was already technically called up. I mean, maybe they can just bring her up as well. But I mean, I'd rather Davenport win than and then Nikita Lyons. I mean. I couldn't be more out on her, so... <laughs> I think... I, I mean, if I'm a betting man, I would say Mandy's gonna win, but I want Blair Davenport to win. Yeah, I would rather Blair... I'm gonna say... I'm gonna say Davenport. Um, just because I don't have a lot of NXT UK people winning. I have Gallus winning, but would they... I don't think they do a clear sweep of NXT UK. I feel like it would be more split. And for that reason alone, I think Blair Davenport wins. Mandy Rose winning is also a very strong possibility. And I don't want her reign ending like that. But again, better that way than Nikita Lyons. Mako is my pick, but as far as who I want to win, although I don't think she is. So I'll, I'll say Blair Davenport. Uh, we get to the main event. I kind of already gave away my prediction for this. But NXT Championship versus NXT United Kingdom Championship. Tyler Bate and Braun Breaker. Bait winning on a shock would be awesome, but I don't think they're done with Breaker as champion yet. And I don't think Braun Breaker is going up to the main roster quite yet either. Not nor is he ready. I don't think. My opinion has changed a little bit in the last couple of months. I don't think he's ready 100%. Give him a little bit more time. Um, that being said, I got Breaker winning here, becoming the unified champion. Bait I hope sticks around on NXT. The guy's awesome. Um, I do think this can be a real fun match between two baby faces, though. So I'm looking forward to it. But I got Braun Breaker becoming the unified NXT and NXT UK. Uh, champions. Yeah, I mean, I, I Breaker for me. I like Bait a lot. I just, I mean, I think Breaker's the guy. So, unless you're calling him up right away, then he should keep the belt even longer. So, honestly, if I would keep the belt on Breaker until he loses the Haze, honestly, at this point. Yeah, um, no, I agree. I agree. So, I, I, I Breaker winning here. Like I said, I think he could use some more seasoning now that XD's also traveling a little bit more, help him get some more matches in. So. I would keep it on Breaker until he loses to Hayes. You know, the funny thing with that is that Hayes is more main roster ready than Breaker is, although if Hayes beats Breaker, Breaker's probably headed to the main roster first. Oh, easily, yeah, I agree. And that's not not a bad idea. I mean, Breaker is, is good enough to make it work. I just think Hayes is ready, like, now. Breaker might be ready in a couple months. Hayes is ready now, although I do want to see him as NXT champion first. He calls himself the A champion. How can you not do that matchup? It's got to happen soon. It's I would say happen. the next big show, they have to do it. Yeah, I think so. It doesn't have to be for both belts. It can just be for the NXT championship. But, uh, yeah, it's got to happen. So, anyway, uh, looking forward to that. That's Worlds Collide on Sunday. Now we transition to All Out on Sunday night. Like I said, a lot of wrestling this weekend. Uh, still more matches to be announced. We have no idea. We're recording on Wednesday afternoon. 
They've only made slight mentions of this in graphics, but they're doing a casino ladder match. We have no fucking clue who's going to be in it, and it's happening in like three or four days. That's ridiculous. Without knowing who's going to be in it, who do you think enters and wins the whole thing? I hate you. Why do I have to... Um, shit. Um, I'm looking at the card. Yeah, I mean, you can't include Jungle Boy, Darby, obviously. Darby? You know. Darby? Possibly. I don't see Darby on there, right? I think they might do Darby and Sting in Miro versus House of Black. That's my prediction. Okay, so then... Who's even in the match? Who, who's left? Um, Brian Cage again? <laughs> Orange Cassidy. Ugh. Uh, like, maybe some of the guys in the trio's turn, like maybe Andrade. Um... Someone from the Dark Order. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give me a second. I gotta do something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna map this out. So when okay. I'm right, you can laugh. It's gonna be Orange Cassidy. Um, what did I just say? Andrade. Andrade. Yep. All right, let me go back here because it, it has the tournament here. So Andrade won the uh, Ray Phoenix. Okay. So that's three guys. Um, one of the Dark Order guys. So that's four. Fuck! How many guys are in it? Um, it hasn't said. So that's four. Um, it's usually seven or eight. Maybe one of the gun kids. Um, I don't know. Who else? No, they have, <laughs> do they have a match already? No, they don't. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. That's that's my five guesses. Maybe Daniel Garcia. Tuck him. They love him. Chuck him in there. Um. Ugh. And Ethan Page. There you go. Just named it. I could throw Yuta in there, too. I could see that. All right, give me a second. I'm writing it down. <laughs> what about Hook? They should put Hook in it, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they probably don't want Hook to lose, but I would put Hook in there realistically. Yeah. All right. So we have Andrade. Dark Order member. I'm Orange not being Cassidy. specific on that one. That I mean, that could be anyone. Uh, Daniel Garcia. Okay. Page, because I mean he's not doing anything else, so might as well. Yeah. Uh, Felix. Okay. That's five. Uh, who else did I say? Orange Cassidy, definitely. Orange Gun Club. Cassidy. And one of the guns. Okay, I got seven. There you go. Okay. Of that eight, I would probably say. Um. Andrade, I guess. What's the, what's the what's on for stakes though? Oh, world t- receives a world title. Yeah, chance? world title match. Um, I, I'd probably say Andrade out of that list. No one's gonna win, but you know, he's not gonna win. <laughs> I mean, he's not gonna win the title. I mean, no, um, exactly. He won't win the belt, but I mean, at least he get the shot. Do you think MJF enters and wins the whole thing? That's kind of lead, the leading theory right now. The thing with that, though, is that MJF's return is going to be a big deal. Why would you do that in the middle of the show? I mean, I feel like that would close the show, if anything, which it's not, so. Yeah, I don't know. Also, why would he get Why would he get in this title match when he was just suspended? He, exactly. I mean, you, you would really have to explain. You would really have to explain it, which I don't... Someone told me, oh, he would just, it's just wrestling. You just give him the title. Like, what the fuck are you talking... I mean, that's what the issue with WWE all the time is. Make the shit make sense. You can make it make sense. None of the shit where he just comes back and gets a title shot. Everyone's obsessed with that. I don't get it. The thing is, is that here at least you can make the argument maybe he takes the spot of someone else and gets the title shot. That, to me, would make sense. 
that I could at least, he could take, why would he be given a spot? I don't know. He wouldn't, but he would take someone else's spot and then win the match. That I could say. If that's, if it's not that, then why would he just come back and get a random fucking title shot when he last got beat by Wardlow in five minutes the last time we saw him? That makes no sense. No, people are obsessed with it. I don't get it. I, I think it's just more, it's like, I think at this point, for most people, they just want to see him back so bad that they'll just make anything make sense. Yeah, yeah. Just a match. Like, I get it. I love MGF. I think MGF being gone has hurt the show significantly, especially when Punk and Brian were hurt. But I just don't want him to come back to get a title shot when in, theory, when, in theory, I've been shoved down my throat the last three years that wins and losses matter and the rankings matter. Mm. And this guy who was suspended just comes back and gets a title shot just, just because. I mean, the net, the, I mean, it would make no sense, so... Yeah, I mean, what's the rush in having him go for the championship anytime soon? Why can't you bring him back, do whatever, whether it be on Saturday, whether it be a Grand Slam, which we agreed would be the best place to do it, or whenever? Why can't you do him and Punk or him and whoever for the championship at Revolution? Or maybe not even full gear, but like double or nothing, dude. I feel like this is a storyline you can drag out for a I mean, this guy, this fucking Tony Khan guy, does this long-term storytelling with Jericho and Eddie Kingston. No one gives a fuck. Or Jericho and MJF. But you're going to rush into MJF going for the championship as soon as he gets back? Not saying that's going to happen or saying that's what's been planned. We have no idea. I'm just saying if he were to do that, I feel like that'd be an absolute waste of a great build when you can really build to that at some point down the road, like early next year. I completely agree. I don't, I don't, people like just, like I, said, I think it's more of like a, a wishful thinking, like people want to see it. Because like, there's no other reason that you'd want it to happen besides like me saying, I like MGF, so I want him to go for the bell right when he gets back. Yeah. But I mean, it's pretty, yeah. like I said, we've been shoved down our throats so often how much the rankings matter and wins and losses matter. It would make zero sense for him just to come right back to win the bell. Is there any chance that the casino ladder match turns into the title match? I mean, would they do a six-person ladder match for the championship since Moxley and, since Moxley and Punk already had their match? Is there any chance of that happening? Since we know Wait, no one in the match, what do you mean? So it turns into the for the world title actually. But what, why would that turn into the world title if Moxley? He's not hurt. No, I know, but Moxley defends the title in a six-person ladder match. No, I just think it's weird they haven't announced the single person for this thing. That's that's what I'm saying. I I, I mean I hope not. That sounds. <laughs> Moxley, you don't have a title match. You know what? We're gonna do a six-man because and then he's facing. Ethan Page, Andrade, Felix, Orange, like he's facing. No, well, I mean, look at the top five. Who's in the top five right now? Page. Who else is in the top five? Give me a, give me a second. Jesus. <laughs> I'm on the website, so it won't be too long, people. It might not be. It might not be updated either. I don't know when they update the rankings. No, it's updated. Okay. Hang, so it's Hangman. He could be in it. Okay. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. Well, I don't even know how he's that high, so it wouldn't be him because he already has a match. Yeah, Jericho. No, he's already in a match. <laughs> Daniel Garcia, who I have him listed here, and then Jay Lethal, who's in a match. I don't know Jay Lethal's fifth. When's he ever wrestled? He's lost on TV every time I've seen him. Oh, he actually beat Harwood last he week. Harwood, yeah. Okay. Okay. But then why are they claim getting a title match when they're fourth in the rankings and FTR is one? <laughs> That's a whole other issue. I literally will go back to that every week. It just makes no fucking <laughs> Dude, it makes absolutely no sense. And that match but is yeah, no building. Uh, I mean, so I guess if you did Hangman, Daniel Garcia, Andrade, Orange Cassidy, Ethan Page, and a Dark Order member, I, I mean, I guess. I still, like, 
I, or I guess I guess you put Moxley in there in your scenario. I just still think that'd be stupid. No, I'm not saying they should. I'm just saying we're, 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 this is going to be irrelevant in, in like three hours because they're announcing no, the match. No, I we're going to laugh back at it. But yeah. I mean, you're not going to laugh when all the people I just predicted are in it. But no, it's always losers for the most part. I just, I don't know. I just feel like that would just be really weird. I mean, just to have a title match, like, oh, you know what? Since I'm not facing Punk, I'm going to defend in a six-man line. Like, why would you do that? It's dumb. <laughs> What happened to the old casino uh, battle royale for the women on All Out? No comment. And they're not doing it. Speaking of women's matches, Jade Cargill defending the TBS Championship against the, against Athena. Probably would have been Chris, Chris Statlander in the spot if not a triple threat. Um, I probably would have picked Statlander to win there if not win the championship altogether, but she's not a part of it anymore. You know what? For the fuck of it, I'm just going to pick Athena. Because if it's not Athena, I don't know, really know who else you build to. So I'm going to say Athena, new champ. That's a tough one. I really like Jade a lot, but I feel like she's kind of spinning her wheels right now. I don't like the pairing with Stokely. He's literally like an underneath manager, and I, I feel like he's much better than the other guy. He is, but I mean, he also just hasn't helped. It's not like he helped, he hasn't helped her get over at all. No, uh, she's already over. She's actually probably gotten less over, if anything. Exactly. I feel like she's like I said when you're when you're surrounded by a, a mid card manager who's who's asking Ethan Page, begging Ethan Page in the gun club to be in his group and Lee Moriarty. I mean, guy's just a loser. So, and like you said, if it's not Athena at this point, I feel like they've built like Tony's long-term storytelling. I feel like they've kind of like booked themselves in a corner. If it's not her, then who is it at this point? So I'll go with Athena. I mean, I don't love it because I don't think she should probably be the one to beat Jade. I feel like that other people to beat it would be bigger. Cause I feel like they barely, I mean, like they're, this has been like a rampage feud that like, most people probably haven't seen, so... But, yeah, I guess I'll go with Athena. I don't love it, but uh, I'll just go with it. Yeah, I don't see them devoting more TV time to this championship than what we've already gotten, which is a shame. It goes back to their portrayal of the women's division, which just is just subpar, as we mentioned previously. Um, but I'll agree with you on that. Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, who wins? I'm going with Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks. I mean, I like both guys a lot. If I was booking... I had a powerhouse win here, um, but I mean, he did beat the shit out of Ricky. He never really got his come up in, so I, I think if Ricky win here, I just I said this last week. I'll say it again. I like both guys. I think they were both very underutilized in Team Taz, yep. which Taz just said, "Fuck it, we're not going to do it anymore." No other explanation, but on commentary, just nope, we're done. Um, I'm more worried about what they do with these two guys after. I think. They're probably one of those couple people that, not being held down, but their TV time has been hurt by ex-WWE guys just being vaulted right in. And I think they're both very talented. I'm more, I think it's going to be a great match. Starks wins, but I'm very interested to see what happens with both guys after this, this, this match. I agree. I mean, I think they can easily be TNT title contenders, but... You know, I've said that before, and it never really has happened. So I'm glad they're on their own. The team stuff just was a complete waste of both of their time because it just never really went anywhere. So I'm glad they're on their own now. Just where they go from here is the question. So here's a two-one prediction. I think Ricky Starks win here because wins here because I think Christian Cage is beating Jungle Boy. I feel like both matches kind of fit the same criteria: grudge matches, whatever. I'm glad that not every match has a fucking stipulation or is a multi-man match. I appreciate the amount of singles matches on this show. I think that's great. Um, I do think. Starks beat Hobbs. I think Starks beats Hobbs, and then Cage beats Jungle Boy to prolong that feud. What do you say? Yeah, I completely agree. 
Yeah, I think Jungle Boy can benefit from being in chase mode for a little bit longer. Uh, we mentioned the AEW World Tag Team title match. Swerve and our glory defending against the Acclaimed. Honestly, if I was booking, I would put the belts in the Acclaimed. I, I don't care if Swerve and our glory have been champion for two months. They've been on the show how much since they became champions. I mean, I'm not saying that would change with the Acclaimed at all, but at least the Acclaimed are a tag team. They're over. They always get title shots, and they always fucking lose. Just give them the titles already, so... I would pull the trigger. Unfortunately, I don't think they will. This match has no heat at all. It has no build. It's completely fucking random. I don't know. This is just so random to me. But I think Swerve and her glory wins, although I would prefer the Acclaim to win and have Keith Lee and Swerve go in their separate directions. I mean, you're sa- you're literally building up why the Acclaim are going to win. I feel like lately with all the guys that they've had win the belts that were legit tag teams, they literally won the belts when they were the least over. I mean, I think they claim they're over, but like you said, there's no build to this match. I mean, but the thing is, they have They are their most over right now. That's why I don't think they're going to win. No, but I I mean, I just feel like they just also, like, they haven't been on TV. Like, it's not like they've been, like, accruing wins and stuff. I just... I mean, they beat, uh, they had the Gun Club feud on Dynamite. Not that it's great, but it was at least they've been on TV is what I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like they're going to... That This is, like, the perfect point for them to win. I don't know. That's I why I think like, they're gonna lose. <laughs> no, for them specifically, it's like you said. They've had so many title shots. They don't win now. I mean, the thing is, the crowd won't give up on them. But like, theoretically, they're just glorified losers. Like they just can't win. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like now that they're baby faces, now would be the time to have the win. Because if they don't win now, they could win down the road. But how much would it really mean? It would be like their seventh title shot. That's like me saying. If I challenge for a championship 20 times, of course, probably one of them, statistically speaking, you're going to win. Um, this is, I think, their third, fourth title shot in the last year and a half. I know they faced the Bucks one time. They faced Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus once. They probably faced the Lucha Bros. So this is probably their fourth title shot in the last couple of years if I had to look back at it. So um, they should win here. I don't think they are. I'll stick with Swerve and Glory. Although I like them, I just don't think they should be champions. Um, I forgot to mention this. Tomohiro Ishii versus Eddie Kingston, then randomly added to the pre-show. Hey, you're not gonna hear any. You're not gonna get any complaints out of me. We missed Ishii on Forbidden Door. I know you were curious to see him, and I think him and Kingston in a rematch from New Japan are gonna go in there and fucking kill each other. So I'm going Eddie here, but I think the match is gonna be great. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a great match. I mean, I, I would have rather just done Kingston and, and Guevara. Obviously, we know what happened with that, but. I think it'll be a good match. I, I mean, I would have Kingston win here. Ishii's just kind of a New Japan guy that, I mean, if he's not staying, I don't know why you, you, you have him win here. So, I think it'll be a good, like, hard-hitting fight, but Kingston should win. Honestly, to me, I know that match made more sense, but I feel like this is an upgrade over that, although this one makes no sense. But Guevara, anything Guevara's involved in now is just an immediate channel changing to me. I just, I just don't care. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't know. Yeah, we talked about it last week—the whole Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara shit with him getting suspended. And I mean, I know you could turn that into an actual feud on TV. They probably will. But Guevara is so—it's just anything he's involved in at this point is just not good. I can believe the report that people don't want to work with him. Could you? I do. You don't believe that? Or I do, do I believe can it? believe that. Yeah, he seems like a little prick backstage. <laughs> I think this is a much-needed upgrade. Speaking of upgrades, we got Jay Lethal and Motor City Machine Guns teaming with War or uh, teaming up against Wardlow and FDR instead of Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt. The match makes no sense because the whole point of doing the match was Wardlow power bombing Satnam Singh, and maybe he's still well afterward or during it, whatever. 
Um, and then you have FTR who are just doing fuck all right now. But I do think Wardlow and FTR win because motor shitty machine guns are not in AEW as far as I know. And Lethal loses every time it matters most anyway. So, uh, And Wardlow is as cold as fucking ice. So you should probably have him win here. Although I do think the match is going to be great between the FTR and uh, motor shitty machine guns specifically. No, yeah, I think this would be a good match. We said this last week. Doesn't make a lot of sense. This was basically built up, like I said, for Wardlow to finally powerbomb something I'm saying. But if they're not going to do it, I guess it'd be a better match as a whole. Just because, I mean, Sanjay, not a big fan of him as as Lethal's manager. And, and Singh, I could only imagine how bad he is in the ring. So uh, this will be a better in-ring quality. But, I mean, I, I, I would assume FTR and, and Wardlow win here. I would hope so. Uh, Brian Danielson, Chris Jericho fighting for the love of Daniel Garcia. I think Danielson wins here. I do think Garcia ultimately sticks with Jericho, and I hate to say that. I know you're not a Garcia fan. Listen, neither am I. I do think he cut his best promo from what I've ever heard of him, which isn't saying a lot, on Dynamite last week. The people want to see him turn. I do feel like he'd be much more bearable with Danielson, at least away from Jericho. I I don't. I think it's going to be one of those Jericho swerves, like, oh, you didn't see it coming. He's going to stick with us. Like, fuck you. Like, no one wants to see that shit. The group fucking sucks, dude. I can't go off on Jericho Appreciation Society enough. It's terrible. Although, I do think Garcia sticks with them, so that's his own downfall. Um, I do think, regardless, Danielson wins the match as he should. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I, I think Brian should win here. I mean, the whole JAS stuff is just awful. I mean... <laughs> it's really I, bad. I can't complain about it anymore. And like you said, I mean, it was a fine promo. He did say, I can't make a decision if I'm going to be a sports entertainer or a pro wrestler in front of all these people. Awful line. Terrible garbage. But, I mean, I think, he'll, like you said, I think the way that Jericho's built this whole group, like he said, it's going to be a square. Oh, he just stayed with us. Like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I, Stephanie AMA McMahon in the Rumble. Stuff, terrible. Ty Conti being in the group. It just, Hager still having a job. I mean, it just never ends. <laughs> It's awful. I hope this is the end of it, but I'm sure it won't. But this has been going on since before Double or Nothing, because that's where we got JAS versus uh, Blackpool Combat Club, and we're still getting it. I think the match is going to be good, but this whole will he or won't he bullshit, oh, where does his love lie? Who gives a fuck? I hope he sticks with Danielson, but I know he won't, which is why I'm kind of down on this, but whatever. Uh, Women's Championship. We're going to crown a new interim AEW Women's World Champion with Thunder Rosa out hurt. Tony Storm, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Sheeta. Sheeta Baker, former champion, should be canceled out here. Really comes down to Hayter or Storm. If, if Storm was going to win the title anyway, if she was facing Thunder Rosa, which was my pick, why wouldn't you give her the belt here? And even with Thunder gone, she was next best option. I love Hayter, don't get me wrong, but I do think Baker and Hayter can feud over not the title. They don't have to feud over the championship. Hayter should be done with Baker. I'm not even really sure why she's still with her. Makes no sense. She's not the champion anymore, and she has been for months. But I do think Tony Storm becomes champion here and finally gets her moment that uh, that she deserves. So that, that's what I see happening. Although knowing this company, I wouldn't be shocked if Tony Storm lost and got the Ruby Soho treatment from here on out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if reports are right and she was going to beat Thunder, at this point you might as well just go all the way at that point. I mean, I don't think it means as much because I think her beating Thunder would have been better, her winning in the sport way. Obviously injuries happen, but, I mean, if you're going to have her win, do it now because if not, she'll she's going to, like you said, she'll get the Ruby Soho treatment. I mean, you can only go for so many belts and lose so many times so people just don't give a shit about you. Exactly. Uh, we go from there to the finals of the AW World's Trios Championship Tournament. It's going to be, uh, the, we don't know yet. We're, we're speaking before Dynamite, but very likely the Elite will be Aussie Open and Will Ospreay on Wednesday's Dynamite. In dark order, very likely beating Best Friends on Friday. Unless I'm wrong and you disagree and you think it's going to be Best Friends or Osprey and Aussie Open. I do think those are going to be the final two teams. 
I think one of the members of Dark Order gets hurt or mysteriously disappears and Adam Page fills in for him and we get the Elite versus Page and Dark Order. Listen, I like Page and all, but Dark Order are two fucking goofs. They really should not be champions. I know the Elite, when them winning is like, oh, it's they're the EVPs, of course they're going to win. But they're one of the best trios in the company, at least in my opinion, so I'm not really sure why they wouldn't win. And then if they win, you, that sets them up to face Cole and Red Dragon at some point and then not do this in future over the championship. So anyway, um, that's who I think is winning. That's who I think is going to be in the finals, and I think the Elite win the whole thing. So what say you? Yeah, at this point, I feel like it's going to be Dark Order versus, versus the Elite one. Yeah, I mean, that makes the most sense, right? Are they going to feud with Cole and Red Dragon? Yeah. I know you're not a big Elite guy. It just makes sense. I mean, it makes sense, but I feel like once they do that match, then what? Like, who are they going to face? Like, well, I don't there's know, a I lot just, of other trios they can they can do. Uh, I'm completely out on trios, honestly. I don't need to see a gymnastic meet. No, I like trios, but it has to be... I mean, listen, I, I think... I think what the match that we got last week I really enjoyed. You can't do that every time, though. I agree. I think with the right teams, not every match has to be a gymnastics meet. That's my thing, you know. I feel like yeah, I completely agree. It's not going to be them versus the, if they do a gymnastics meet with like the Trustbusters, then I'm out on it. I agree. You know, <laughs> they're great. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Why is Ari Man of wrestling, come on. What'd you say? Aria Devari, richest guy in pro wrestling. <sighs> Moving on, I just I can't I just I just don't care. Uh, we get to the main event or what is likely to be the main event. We don't even know. We're days off on the pay per view. A dynamite hasn't aired yet, so we don't know. But I think it's going to be Punk and Moxley two for the championship. We talked a lot about this last week. We'll keep it on the uh, we'll keep it short here just because we already talked a lot about the match. I think they do a rematch, and I think Punk wins, and I think they will turn him heel. I don't know why the fuck you do that in Chicago. I think that's pretty dumb. Um, I think they should turn him heel. Don't get me wrong. I just wouldn't do it here. It's a terrible timing, so I don't know. They they probably will boom because AEW fans are weird, but they're also in Chicago, so why would they? I, I'm not really sure, but uh, yeah, I think Punk gets the belt back, and Moxley's a champion for you know. I was gonna say a week, but he was already technically champion. So, what do you think the uh, status is of the championship and what we got? What we got going on going into this pay per view? Yeah, I mean, I it's seemingly that we're gonna get Punk and and Moxley. I mean, I just don't understand why you do the match last week just that Punk beat him a week later and then just turn heel. And like, how do you turn him heel in Chicago? I just, what is he going to fucking low blow John Moxley? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I just feel like in, in, it's not like, it'd be one thing if they were like, in, like last week, I feel like there was more like a 50-50 cheer for like both guys. Chicago's going to be probably 95-5 Punk, I mean. It's the hometown hero. Why would they boo him? I mean, I, 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 I think it would be dumb if that was a setup just for Punk to turn heel and win the belt back. I mean, that I don't screams, know. I don't know. That screams WrestleMania 17 to me when Austin turned heel in, uh, in Texas. Yeah, it, it, to me it doesn't make any sense, but I guess I think if they're going to do a rematch, I mean, Punk I mean, Punk will win. I mean, yeah. unless they're just going full on with the plumber, then I guess Moxley could win, but I don't see it. Yeah, I think Punk uh, gets the belt back, which isn't worst case. I don't know what worst case scenario is, but I just want my my thing is I want this match and I want this angle to be made worthwhile. And what they did last Wednesday wasn't for nothing. That that's my main concern here. Yeah, I mean, I I, I completely agree. I, I mean, I I think something needs to be done to justify last week. I, I like you said, I I just I just don't think him getting squashed in three minutes sets up a heel turn. 
a week later than win the belt. Like, I, how does that correlate at all? Exactly. I just, at that point, just have Moxley. Wait, the, wait, wait a second. So if they do that, if they do the heel turn of the pay-per-view, then why couldn't they have already done that without doing the match on TV? You know? I don't know. That's why That's what I'm saying. Why Why have them get squashed on TV and, yeah. like, theoretically get hurt? Like, I mean... Why would he wrestle a week later if he's hurt, from a storyline standpoint? That's my other question. Because he's a dumb baby face? I don't know. <laughs> well, he's going to be a dumb heel in a minute, so... Yeah, I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. It's... I'm, I I don't I I really don't. Hey, he's a genius. This guy Tony Khan's gonna work it all out. Just just you watch. But I just like that's what I'm saying. Like I don't really understand. Like I just I don't know. I really don't. I I I I I, I like literally lost the words. I just don't yeah. know why you you'd have him get squashed just for Punk to beat him a week later and turn heel. Like why? Have, like you said, at that point you should just have him come back and then go heel on Punk. Like if he didn't lose the match and went heel and won, like, okay, fine. But to just have him lose to come back and theoretically come back too early because he was hurt still, like, why would he go? I, I, it just doesn't make any sense. There has, I'm assuming there'll probably hopefully be something, but if if Moxley just beats him again, then he just looks like a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. And if Punk wins, then just, I feel like it doesn't make any sense that he just got squashed last week. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't really understand where they're going with this. But. I know what everyone's saying. Listen, we don't know where they're going to go. There's a million different possibilities. Yeah, dude. But at the same time, a lot of those possibilities aren't good. Like everyone telling me, every, there I had a lot of people telling me last week, oh, listen, it's going to work out. Listen, it might. I'm not saying that it won't. But what I'm telling you is the way I work is that, okay, I'm looking at all the potential outcomes. That makes sense. A lot of what they could do doesn't make any fucking sense. That's the problem. It's like... I know you haven't seen Endgame, but it's like in the Avengers Endgame when Doctor Strange is like, there's a million and four possibilities is what's going to happen. We only win in one of them. That's kind of what I feel like here with this match. I feel like there's a lot of different possibilities. A lot of them are dumb. And there's only maybe one or two that would make sense that would make me go, okay, that made sense. Like, okay, that works. And maybe there's stuff we're not even thinking of because I'm no genius. So who knows? Uh, We'll find that on Sunday. I am intrigued no matter what. I'm a little less excited for this match than it was going into last week's, you know, Dynamite. So that's a problem. Um, and hopefully it doesn't reflect in the buy rate and they can still put on a great show. But either way, Mr. Marceau, we got a great week in wrestling. I hope you enjoy and I can't wait to talk to you about it next week. I can't wait to, th- to send you a picture of my list tonight when they announce the Battle Royal. That's not a right. I think we're going to be comparing lists and they're going to be very similar. And I will be like, why is X, Y, and Z in there? And you'll be like, I don't know, but I'm Nostradamus. You got the tag team title tournament right, so I wouldn't put it past you. Yeah, I know. Big brain over here. Exactly. I might have to start uh, taking the lottery tickets or something. I don't know. Seriously, I might have to start going for real stuff. <laughs> can't wait. Enjoy your weekend, Mr. Marceau. Enjoy the wedding. I can't wait to talk to you next week. All right, I'll talk to you.